Park Hopping Podcast number 59, A Disney Ride. Celebrating 11 years of posting Disney stuff on the internet. This is another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan from DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 59, the podcast that proves even Rhett from Utah can have his own podcast. Go check it out. Just search for the Magical Vault Podcast in iTunes and uh, tell them Alan and Iowa sent you. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, I talked a bit about the loss of some of my photos. Now, since then, I've acquired another two terabytes of hard drive space, as well as a few hundred DVDs to back all my stuff up to. So hopefully that's the last time I'll ever have to tell you I've lost some data. Now, since I finally have some extra hard drive space, I've gotten back to a major project of mine, uh, that's been going on for years, of importing video. I have well over 200 hours of digital video shot at theme parks, renaissance festivals, and other places, but mostly the Disney parks. I've begun importing all my Disney stuff, starting with Walt Disney World in 1999, and I hope to have it all cataloged and organized sometimes by the year 2010 or so. During this, I'm actually uh, playing tapes that I've never even looked at. I just kind of taped them and put them in a, in a container, and they sat up on the shelf in storage. And I found a lot of stuff I didn't even know I had on video, so I'll be sharing some of that audio with you in future episodes. Um, you can also search iTunes for a new Apple TV compatible video discast that I'm starting, the Park Hopping Video Podcast or Park Hopping Vidcast, uh, but that's not what I'm going to talk about today. Today we're actually going to talk about a Disney ride. If I were to ask you to describe what a Disney style ride is, what would you say? I'd describe it as a people-moving ride through highly detailed scenes featuring animatronics, basically a souped-up dark ride of some sort. Now, Dictionary.com describes a dark ride as... Well, actually, it doesn't have an entry. It doesn't describe it. However, the group consciousness known as the Wikipedia describes a dark ride as... Quote, an indoor amusement ride consisting of a vehicle traveling past animated scenes, end quote, with details on how the first dark ride was created back in 1928. So I guess dark rides are as old as Mickey Mouse. But Walt Disney didn't invent the dark ride. It was a staple of classic amusement parks and carnivals long before Disneyland was even a dream. So as the carousel, cable cars, spinny rides, and, you know, all those things were taken and adopted to be part of the lineup of attractions at Walt's Magic Kingdom in 1955. Off-the-shelf ride ideas were modified to fit uh, a Disney theme. A simple spinning ride themed with flying elephants became Dumbo. An indoor electric-driven track ride through blacklit scenes became the basis of rides like Snow White. But even in the early years, Disney's design group would take concepts and modify them. The ride system used for Peter Pan's flight, for example, with cars suspended under a rail, is still one that's not found in too many places. Yet, to me, when I see Dumbo the Flying Elephant at the Magic Kingdom, I can't help but think Disney. And when I see the rotating Red Baron or Flying Dragon ride at my local Iowa Adventureland Park, I think Carnival or Amusement Park, even though the ride is basically the same other than cosmetics. And the same can be said for the dark ride concept itself. Those Fantasyland rides are nothing more than well-done versions of the traditional Funhouse-style ride experiences that you can still usually find at your annual State Fair Carnival. But Disney always did a lot more than just have cheesy scenes with lights and sirens that came on as you passed simple displays. They took whatever magic that made Disney movies special and incorporated it into the physical environment of the ride. I guess, in a way, it's like giving a kazoo to a five-year-old or a music major. The kazoo is still a kazoo no matter who hums through it, but a music major is more likely to use it for something more musical. 
Actually, maybe the kazoo was a bad example. Uh, perhaps uh, a better one is a guitar in the hands of me with very limited guitar skills versus someone like Eric Clapton or Jimi Hendrix. Same tool, different application of skill. It is ultimately the skills of Disney, and by Disney I mean the creative team behind the designs that made a Disney ride a Disney ride, even if the actual ride was nothing new, unique, or special. To my generation, a Disney ride is defined by themes like the Fantasyland Dark Rides as well as the Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, as technology moved forward, the ride systems just became more unique, like the Omnimover Doom Buggies, or even something as simple as a flume of water in boats, which was nothing more than a fancy tunnel of love. In my youth, I also considered a Disney attraction to be something like the Enchanted Tiki Room or the Country Bear Jamboree. But once animatronic shows started appearing in local shopping malls and pizza places, these once mind-blowing displays of technology became a lot less unique and a lot less Disney. I mean, that's not to say that Disney didn't make the best shows of its kind. I mean, one 1970s Country Bear is probably still more complex and impressive than the current state-of-the-art Chuck E. Cheese singing mouse but the uniqueness of the animated figure was gone. So all my life I've considered a Disney-type attraction to be a big animatronic show or a dark ride, or a dark ride through a big animatronic show. Uh, but it dawned on me recently that there really haven't been any rides or shows like that built in almost 20 years. I mean, sure, we've seen some new dark rides open in the 90s and 2000s, like Roger Rabbit, Winnie the Pooh, Munsters Incorporated, but the last great Omnimover animatronic adventure was probably the great movie ride at the Disney MGM Studios, which came less than a decade after Epcot's future world with Spaceship Earth, Horizons, World of Motion, Journey into Imagination, Living with the Land, Kitchen Cabaret, all those good ones, and even many of those, actually more than half of them I just mentioned, have been removed, altered, or updated to be far different from the 1960s, 1970s type ride experience they originally were. So the mid-60s to the mid to late 80s apparently defined my view of what a Disney attraction is. But since then, we've seen Star Tours and Body Wars bring us the Disney simulator experience. Uh, again, Star Tours was groundbreaking when it opened, but since then we've found simulators in shopping malls. So, though Disney may still do them better, like with Soarin', you can find plenty of simulators at other places, so seeing a simulator alone doesn't necessarily make me think Disney. We also saw Disney push into the world of roller coasters, starting with the groundbreaking still tube-based Matterhorn in, what, 1959? Now, while a roller coaster alone is nothing uniquely Disney, seeing one highly themed around a mountain or built indoors was. So to the generation that followed me, perhaps highly themed roller coasters define a Disney ride. Or perhaps a neat-looking but wimpy coaster experience, since any Six Flags has roller coasters far more extreme than anything Disney would dare to offer. Or perhaps no one thinks of Disney for their coasters at all, since roller coasters are so common. Now, perhaps Disney is defined by some of the more recent experiences, like Test Track or Mission Space, or unique systems like Indiana Jones or Dinosaur. Now, I'd still argue that Indy and Dino are just souped-up dark rides, but my definition of a dark ride never included me holding on for dear life and screaming at the sight of a huge creature trying to eat me or a large ball about to fall on me. But I guess there's no reason why it couldn't. It's really a perspective thing. I think it's safe to say that a classic Disney ride would fit my view of what a Disney ride is all about, but Disney has moved on since then. There's still the occasional tributes to the past, such as tossing in an animatronic or two in a new experience, or using a ring of Omnimover vehicles to send you through a laser tag shooting gallery, but what is the primary Disney ride experience today as you see it? 
Or maybe more important, what is it to someone growing up with Disney right now, old enough to have moved beyond just hugging princesses and riding with Peter Pan? Now, I'd like to know what you think a Disney attraction is, and I'd like to know your age or at least your age range. I just know that every time I or anyone else says Disney doesn't build Disney rides anymore, we may be wrong. With the exception of outside attractions that any park can buy and install, everything Disney does today is still a custom creation, even if it's being done by outside contractors for hire. And even if it's just adapting existing technologies like 3D film or a motion simulator. So please take a moment to send me your thoughts. That's podcast at DisneyFans.com or call 206-2030-227 and leave a message. Maybe we'll learn something interesting, like maybe I'll learn that I'm just old and everyone under 30 sees the Disney parks in a completely different way. And if it helps, here are my three definitions for park types themselves, the actual category that I put parks in. First, there's the amusement park. This would include things like carnivals and traditional amusement parks like Kennywood or Pennsylvania, just a bunch of rides, things to see and do. Second is the theme park, which would include places like theme Six Flags with its themed areas, you know, lands dedicated to, you know, countries or continents, things like that. And third is the Disney-style park, which is a uh, a, a deluxe theme park. It would include parks like Universal Studios as well, Isle of Adventure, things like that. Now, it's easy to separate the experiences you find at Universal Studios with Terminator 3D, Earthquake, and Jaws from the types of spinny rides and coasters you see at a Six Flags. Now, sure, Disney-style parks have some common rides like log flumes and roller coasters and the like, but they're usually on a scale far beyond what you'd find at your local Cedar Fair park. Likewise, you can often find a Disney-style dark ride at a non-Disney amusement or theme park, like the former Old Mill at Kennywood, today themed as a Garfield ride, or the Underground at Iowa's Adventureland, today themed as a, well, a pretty broken dark ride. But, but when you see an animatronic singing animal show at Six Flags, do you think, oh, this is like Disney? I mean, I always did, but maybe today kids think, oh, this is like Chuck E. Cheese, or this is like my Furby, or whatever. And when it comes to simulator movie experiences, does anyone see them and think Star Tours? Do drop rides make people think of the Tower of Terror? Or did the Tower of Terror make people think of drop rides? Let me know what you think, and, and speaking of thinking about Disney, the next time you're there, be sure to take an extra picture, shoot some extra video, then be sure to back them up so you don't lose them with a hard drive crash. I'm repeating myself, aren't I? Because you never know when something you like, love, or hate is going to go away and never be around again. And again, if you want to drop me a note, my email address is podcast at disneyfans.com. And if you'd rather use the telephone, you can dial 206-2030-ACP. That's for another crappy podcast. 206-2030-227 and leave me a voicemail. Lots of audio, lots of new videos, all kinds of stuff coming down the pipe. So stay tuned. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, number 59, a Disney ride. Thanks for listening. Another crappy podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting <sighs> podcasts. Mm.